Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA, Apple, Visa, and Twitter. Thanks. Hey, hey, hey. Um, okay, so on the weekly plays, uh, as far as for me, uh, I got all the hoodies printed. Uh, there was one faulty one. Had to send it back. Uh, and they will all be shipped tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, later today. So you can expect uh, to receive it however long your normal postal mail takes from shipping something from the U.S. And just as promised, 5% of the profits will be donated to Autism Speaks. And if you want to find out more about the donation and everything, go ahead and follow me at Real Theta Gang on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, uh, this week I tweeted just a little bit more than I usually do. And uh, it sparked some responses that I feel like I need to you know, give you guys an answer on uh, on this podcast. So... I tweeted something along the lines of like, uh, you know, I'll just read it. Like this was after I think Friday close and then, or Thursday close, I think. And then it says, uh, and now here you go. Refreshing futures for the next 12 hours. Telling yourself a, there's no way we're going to go up tomorrow <laughs> or B Friday sell off. No one wants to hold over the weekend. Or if those don't fit the motive, then you pull out good old reliable C. Manipulators will wait till Monday. <laughs> and it's crazy because it's triggered a few responses from people saying, Oh, Junie, I think you're bullish. Haha. Or something, <laughs> something like that, right? And it's like it's, this tweet isn't supposed to be making fun of bulls or bears or anything like that. It's not picking a side or anything it's just more like making fun of the fact that people consistently buy puts because uh you know that they might hear bearish news and they're finally getting to options and they're like wow this is this is this is my this is my time to shine move over michael burry what you did was easy i'm about to show you with my robin hood app where i flick my thumb up to execute trades oof <laughs> So all in all, this tweet was not inherently bullish. It was just more targeting people that consistently maybe bought too far out of the money or that, you know, too close of an expiration of when they opened it. You know, maybe they're messing around with options that expire the next day, or maybe they even, you know, find a platform where they can trade zero day expiration uh, contracts, meaning like if the contract uh, expires on Friday. Most brokers don't let you by default trade those options. If you were to say like go in on that same Friday that expires, uh, you know there's lots of money that can be made there, but there's also tons of more ways that you can lose money uh, doing that because you can for sure mess up your life if you did zero day options. So you have to be really careful there. Uh, but you know I trust that everyone listening to this. Uh, takes heed of my warnings uh, throughout all of my podcasts, but you know, heeds my warnings and maybe finds the humor uh, of my tweets when I do tweet them. Because I get, I get it. Like if you're inherently bearish, things that I say can can maybe trigger you, or maybe if it doesn't trigger you, it just kind of makes you like a little upset. But I mean, all I want is like the world to go back to normal, and then you know, make a few dollars along the way. I think that's pretty cool. 
Like I don't ever just want to take a bet and then have to hope that more people die because that's pretty, pretty whack. Uh, but we'll go and talk about that in a later episode or something, but just cutting it short. So if you were, you know, participating or just like observing my tweets this week, just wanted to give a follow up on that. Your boy is not like inherently bullish or bearish. He's just making fun of the people that consistently buy those lotto calls or puts, right? So All right, uh, new thetagang.com website updates. Um, there is one small change, uh, and that is the uh, trades you have on your profile and other profiles uh, will now be defaultly, <laughs> defaultly, defaulted. That, that's a weird way to start the sentence. Uh, the trades are now in a sort order where your most recently opened trade is at the top. That's what I wanted to say. I figured I might just like say it and hope you understand what's happening. So if you, say you have like a few trades uh, on your profile and then you make another one, like say you'd go, you buy a long call on AMD. Then when you go back to your profile, that long call on AMD will be at the top as opposed to possibly being in the middle somewhere. It would still be near the top, but it was previously ordered by expiration date. Um, and you know, I found that to be more helpful for me just because that's how I trade. I tend to hold my trades a little bit longer than the average person. Um, but you know, going, just going back and then receiving all of these really cool feedback changes that people would would want and incorporating them feels really, really good. So, uh, shout out to everyone that is vocal about feedback and you know, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, all of it is appreciated and heard as just like serious. Like I am just a dude in his room alone talking into a microphone now. It used to be a gaming headset. Now this is just a little bit less sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I listen to all of your emails, all your compliments, all of your bug reports. <laughs> uh, I'm a nerd. I love doing this stuff. And uh, as long as it's fun, as long as you guys and girls ask nicely, Data Gang will stay alive. So, thanks. And the new UX changes are being worked on as we speak. Uh, I worked on it a little bit today. The patrons have gotten an inside scoop onto or into what the website will look like. Uh, the designs were delivered by Alex sometime last week. I finished, uh, finally started um, going into it and you know developing the new design. But I thought it'd be really cool if. The patrons got a sneak peek in Discord, so I sent them a screenshot. Um, and, you know, there's just a well-round-received well uh, design. Uh, I think people will be really happy with it. It just looks way better, uh, a lot easier to read. That's probably the biggest uh, compliment that was given. So excited to get that out. Um, I just want to give a brief reminder that our Discord for ThetaGain.com is exclusive to only patrons. Um, but don't think like it's just all fun and games in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm like the fun police. Uh, you know, I try to keep the Discord from not being, uh, you know, like a Wall Street Bets Discord. Uh, we keep it very PG in there. Uh, I enforce that super heavily. 
because there's people of all backgrounds in there trading. Um, you know, there's guys, girls, gays, straights, like there's everybody, everybody's in there. So I don't want, you know, this environment to get out of hand. So I have to be really specific with how people are invited and just having patrons sign up first um, is just a huge filter. Uh, and then even even then, people join and they kind of expect it to be well, like Wall Street bets. And then they, you know, end up like DMing me saying like, wow, this is actually really, really uh, helpful because it's easy to get answers in a discord that takes trading seriously, but also like just have it filled with cool people. Like it's, it's everything I could ask for. And I'm just super, super happy that everyone's very cooperative. So thank you to all of the thetagang.com uh, discord. Uh, you know, people want to just join the discord because they hear how much we're just on top of things, you know, our news channel, but they also want to just be in an environment where there's not just being memes spread across the feeds, right? Because it's hard to communicate when nothing is taken seriously. You ask a question like, oh, what's what's the ex-dividend date? And someone says, yo mama, like <laughs> like none of that is in our, in our Discord. And I think people uh, acknowledge it so much that, you know, that people are ca catching wind of it in other places so good job to all of you guys and girls in the discord and speaking of which i want to give a huge shout out to mr matt w uh and jimmy you guys are killing it um definitely the model material for moderators uh, if the day were to ever come where i build the feature out because it is a lot of work but if it were to happen and if you guys stick around long enough then yeah absolutely you guys have been killing it not in not just in trades not just in your trades but also how you talk uh and how you explain things is very much the approach that i like to do it too you know you joke around sometimes but you obviously know what you're talking about and you say what you're talking about and you remain a you you remain neutral i think that's really commendable a lot of people aren't able to talk about uh, both sides of a trade like you two do or like I do and I just want to recognize that and say thank you for helping answer questions and just be really good role models for the discord and patron community Okay, uh, so for hedging, let's just start off with a definition meaning. Uh, I'm just getting this off fool.com. Hedging refers to buying an investment designed to reduce the risk of losses from another investment. So that's a pretty broad term. Now let me give you a few examples. Um, if you had like $20,000 in your IRA or 401k, uh, and then you were doing weekly deposits into there, you know, you're putting in maybe a few hundred dollars every week. Um, then you want to protect yourself during downturns. And so maybe you start wanting to diversify. And you know that if the economy starts doing worse, people start losing faith in dollar bills. Rather, they want to rather buy gold. So you start buying gold to hedge your stock portfolio so that in the case of, you know, uh, there is a downturn in the stock market, your gold will either stay flat or go up. 
Um, and yeah, that in a very, very quick nutshell is hedging, at least for the stock market. Now, my opinion on hedging is that you shouldn't ever need to do it um, unless if it's a large position you're hedging for. So, for example, if you have a stock portfolio that's like 20, 30K uh, and you want to protect it in case of tariff news or coronavirus news, then yes, maybe buy a put or two um, that you know will protect your portfolio worth. Uh, for the next six months. Sure, that is very, very responsible hedging. Uh, what I want to differentiate that um, you know, use from is the case of when you buy a, uh, a call on, say, Apple, and Apple's trading at 100, and then you buy the 105 call, say that the stock actually starts going down. So your call is like dropping dollars by the minute, and you're wondering like, oh darn, so you know what? I'm gonna hedge, I'm gonna buy a put. So when if, if the price keeps going down, uh, I'm gonna uh, make money on my put while I lose money on my call, everything will be fine. And then you know the stock starts going back up and you're like, oh shoot, I, my put is losing value, but my call's about to break even. Oh, when should I like close this one up? When, should I hedge and should I buy another call? Or should, and should I buy another like put should i sell this when should i sell that or do i should i exit all of it now it's really really enticing to you know want to think that you're hedging but in reality you're just getting you know flustered and you're emotionally trading and you are opening both sides of the trade just to you know break even or be correct it's no longer a hedge it's literally just you stuck in a bad trade. So know uh, that you should probably hedge something like your stock portfolio. If you have a 401k that you manage on your own, um, you know, make sure you're diversifying, not just uh, in uh, you know tech companies, but maybe also in social media or retail or banks. Like you know, you put a little bit into everything uh, for your long-term portfolio. Um, as that is a form of hedging in itself, right? You can, there's multiple times you can hedge too. Like you can hedge from the very beginning. Maybe you're hedging your uh, cash, right? That you have on hand and you say, hey, I want to spend X amount on this company. I want to spend X amount on uh, this company. Or if you have a robo portfolio or someone managing your account, maybe they put it in, put some of your money in third world ETFs for you, and some of them put it in gold, some put them in VIX, some put them in whatever. Uh, that's also considered hedging. But if you ever, ever catch yourself just like, you know, buying both sides of the trade, really, really think where you are. Because if you had just entered the position, without a hedge in the first place, you would have just already exited by now. So something to remember is that if you are uh, ever in a need to hedge, you probably need to reevaluate your trading strategy because you have you eventually got into a position where you felt that you were going to lose so much that winning a little bit would make it better. So how do we stop that? We get a predefined max loss in mind. So, you know, Tell yourself you won't go over a certain amount of X dollars, uh, you know, entering position or being able to lose that much in a pos position, um, and then just stick to it. 
So for example, you start losing on a put that you bought for $500 that has a $500 max loss, uh, and the market starts going up. Like for example, let's refresh the futures here. The Dow is up 681 points right now, which is insane. So if this keeps up, we will have a 3% gap up Monday, but futures don't mean anything, so don't count on it. However, if you did buy that put, you would be super down, right? Like Monday opens uh, and uh, that uh, put is probably half its value, depending on what the expiration is. But then you might start thinking, okay, uh, I'm going to hedge my put that I bought uh, and buy a call because we just had a 3% day and this uh, recession is over. And then boom, what do you know? Like Wednesday, there's a big sell-off and you're down on that call, but you're about to break even on that put. And you're like, you know what? I'll double down on those puts. I was right all along. And you buy another put to hedge your call. And then the market shoots back up because, oh no, oh no, it was a bear trap. It obviously it was a bear trap. Oh my God. I'm like screaming by myself in like 10 o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll get yourself into a scenario where you start justifying really bad plays by calling it hedging. Just be extra aware of when that happens because that's, that's emotional trading. Um, but no one talks about it like that. Everyone just, you know, kind of just blindly calls it hedging to justify it. Just be really, really careful. Um, but yeah, that's also a futures report. Um, if you're listening to this, today is the 5th of April. It's a Sunday uh, and the Dow is up 681 points and it's like kind of normal. And I can't believe that's a thing. If this happened like, you know, four, five months ago, it'd be a huge deal. But now we don't even bat an eye unless if it like limits up or down, huh? And just a real quick note on the max loss topic. If you did buy those puts um, right before these futures shot up like a rocket, um, if you were truly okay with losing that max loss of $500 uh, that you put in for that put, like from the get-go, you'd be okay. Because, you know, the mar- sure, the market gaps up. Sure, it's irrational. Yeah, uh, the recession might be canceled, blah, 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 blah. But since you were okay with truly losing that $500, you move on to the next trade. You're not stuck in this trade hedging on the calls and puts and calls again and then puts again. You're not in that scenario because you said to yourself, hey, I'm tired of losing money. I'm just going to set a max loss so I keep a level head at all times. If I enter a position and I lose that 500 bucks, cool. I lost it on my own terms, but I also know that I had a plan to go with it. I did not buy a call to hedge. I did not buy a put to hedge. In fact, because I got that max loss of a 500, 500 faster, I can move on to the next trade or readjust and enter maybe like a very similar trade if you still have the thesis and that you want more time on it or something. It lets you be more nimble. And it might make you feel like, hey, wouldn't you just be more nimble, like hedging as the price fluctuations go up and you just have like clear vision that way? I like knowing that I can fully exit like every single position without it crushing me. Uh, When you get really deep into hedges, like say you're like four contracts in on both sides, it gets really, really hard to tell when you're actually up or down. 
uh, you know, with a level head and being able to like do the quick maths, right? There needs to be some sort of level of doing quick math. You can't rely on the UI on everything. Like you have to just know at all times, like, okay, are you heavy on the call side? Are you heavy on the put side? Uh, did you enter the, like their prices on the call side at a decent price? Like where's your break even? All that stuff is high cognitive load that, you know, given if you had a bad day of trading or just a bad day in general, that like that could cloudy up that cognitive load that you have that you need to be functioning properly. But, you know, because of these emotional tolls that you've been having in your life or just your trading day, then everything could go wrong, right? So having that max loss makes your losers lose faster. But again, you lose only the amount that you originally planned and you could be more nimble because you can have all of these really simple trades are easy to enter and easy to exit um, when you want them to exit. You don't want to get margin called when you're deeply hedged. That is a nightmare. Um, you want to be able to just really go into your trade terminal, look at all your trades, know exactly what's going on, uh, and then you know move on with your day. I don't do any trades that like have to make me like hover over the computer anymore. That's just not me. Uh, but I'm passing all of this stuff that I, uh, you know, gathered from my years of trading and delivering in a podcast so alone in my room. But yeah, uh, long story short, if you're not protecting a large position like a stock entire stock portfolio, then you probably don't need to hedge. Um, just if you're buying options, selling options, it's all the same. If you have a max loss you're comfortable with, just stick to it. It's very hard to practice. It's very hard to do, especially since sometimes you feel like you could be so sure on a bet and you go really, really deep into it. Like you buy a lot of calls because you're bullish or a lot of puts because you're bearish. And then the next day it opens up the exact opposite way. And then you start contemplating like, oh my gosh, do I sell for a loss now or should I just hedge and then hope I could lower my break even? Nope, the market keeps going the other way and then now it starts to destroy you. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to time things because that gets you in a really, really bad spot. And so this is just a side note. You want to be making sure that you trade in a way that works for you and your schedule, but also for your mental well-being right like you don't want to be glued to your screen and like you know you don't want to not eat you don't want to not perform at your job you do not want to like be stressed about it all day and take it out on your family or you don't want to do any of that right it's trading if you do it for fun is strictly that it's just for fun most of us don't trade to become the next richest person the next day um but there is a growing audience of people that think that that's possible and while it is i will never knock it down i'll never knock out that dream scenario of it happening it can happen but here's here's just this little snippet right like i think uh we see all of the winners on wall street bets because like no one wants to really hide the fact that they won a lot of money um but you know and maybe we see a few losses on wall street bets because those are the people that just like really don't care um but we definitely do not see everybody that loses and i guarantee you there's like a million people on that sub a lot of people go really broke uh but do not tell anybody and it's that survivor bias 
that makes you really think that, hey, I could be the next person that makes a million dollars on options. And you just have to be careful. You got to be careful because, um, you know, filing for Chapter 7 bankruptcy is not actually cool. Like, you don't want to have to date someone and tell him or her, like, yo, uh, my B, uh, I, I actually filed for bankruptcy because I tried to go for broke uh, <laughs> uh, with options. So just remember that. Like, trade for fun. Keep it fun. That's how I trade. Yeah. Okay, uh, that about wraps it up for today's podcast. Um, just as a reminder for everyone that signed up with the Theta Gang referral code for Tastyworks, uh, email me on the 15th of every month to see if you've qualified for the previous month, uh, and then we'll get you set up for that. Uh, for the people that don't know about the the referral code, uh, it's my Tastyworks referral code. You could go to the ThetaGang.com website and find the referral code link there where you could click on and open a Tastyworks account. Uh, and if you do, you get a cherry flare and uh, access to trailers for a month um, via ThetaGang.com. So that's where I post all of my winners and losers so that people can talk about them and you know just see how I trade. Um, but the alerts give you real-time notifications of when I open and why I open and all that good stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at RealThetaGang and you can email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. Uh, and then lastly, I just want to give an extended shout out to, um, you know, Jimmy and Matt W, but also uh, Lifesaver, France, Mike D, Slow Motion, Nick Fires, Unabridged, Rico, The String Pooler, Iron Man, Mitch Brady, Good Job Wilson, DDSS, Option Options, Eric Kirkland, Jimmy, Matt W, Associate K, Ryzen 1020, TCR94, Monkey48, Like Abyss, Andrew E.C. Kim, Semper DIY, Anthony 511, Moose Ninja, Rolex C, Deep Gift, Menno Dum Dum, Ground Pound 95, HP Larry, Leo Jetson, El Finko, McMore 2, Mark James It, Just Send It, Nathan Del Silva, Vicious Poultry, Bat Trader, uh, Chicken Dinner, Cowabunga Dudes, Spicy Tendies, Daff Mac, Jack Jew, Desencho, Saltwater Cure, Kate, Lord Skeletor, Cheddar, Cappuccino, Bariski, All His Minds, Matthew Hans. Uh, Nate Vamp, Snowpat, Kyle, Lazy Reservist, and Claudius. Thank you guys and girls for supporting the website and podcast. It means a lot. Um, and then I'll go ahead and catch you guys and girls on the next episode. Thanks. Wow, that episode was super short. Um, 
it just goes to show what happens if I pick a simple topic with a like a simple answer or like a simple opinion that I have. Um, yeah, hedging is really, really, really tricky because you, you don't want to expose a new trader to hedging or the concept of hedging because they'll take it, just take it too far and they'll get in that whole emotional cycle of like, okay, buy calls. Okay, now buy puts and it's going down. Okay, it's going back up. So just buy calls. You get into like a really sticky scenario. Like you don't want that to happen. So that's why I have such a strong opinion on it just because I know my, you know, audience is generally people that are new to options. Oh, excuse me. Oh, it's it's after this. these these are the after hours, so I could burp and not edit it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, all people also have been asking me uh, if I'm going to you know open up more seats at the lower tiers, and it's like I can't. I can't. It's unfair to the people that are in the higher tiers. And again, like I don't do this for the money. People often, not, okay, I won't say often because most people are good. I've had a few bad eggs. Like say, okay, fine, you it, you don't need my money then, or I'm not gonna pay you then, or you guess you're missing out on another customer. It's like <laughs> I do not care, buddy. <laughs> I I could care less. Um, yeah, just I don't think I, I can't imagine people running a trading service that tell their customers to go like go in, all in on puts like that is so bad dude and then you know then you know they lose out on the bet because they chase the bottom uh just like all the other retail people but then their their followers like believe them when they say like oh this is the market manipulators and that's why we're wrong and that's why we lost hella money today it's it's the government and it's the market manipulators it, it, dude, it it's it's stressful sometimes, you know, people seeing like all my trades and stuff, but it helps me more than more than it doesn't. Like on Twitter, I feel like I don't get trolls because you know people can look at my history and see that hey, this dude actually posts all his trades. Oh shoot, if I call him out, he's gonna ask me for my trades and I don't show any of them. Or if I do, I only show my winners. Or or if I only show my winners, they're only the big winners, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel good posting all my trades. I hope this is a sort of an inspiration point for those that haven't started or that have maybe started but stopped. If you post all your trades, even if you are at a loss, you look way cooler to someone than someone that doesn't because someone that doesn't all they say is like oh yeah i won last week like like 30 grand on a trade haha <laughs> yeah oh no 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 i don't have any pictures of it uh uh it, it you know i withdrew it to my banking account like <laughs> see like who wants to like follow that person right like you know if someone has any credibility at least in finance by how many followers they might have on fit like on twitter which is kind of a whack rating but like you know um twitter doesn't really recognize finance people or not like i i mean they like recognize like the ceo of morgan stanley like they recognize those finance people but when i say finance people i mean like um like olivia voss she's not she's not verified on twitter or like hulk he's not verified or peru like all these stock people or these options people that like i mention all the time on the podcast they're not verified because um you know i maybe there's legal things about twitter and verifying you know, like you know these people that trade full-time 
because yeah maybe if, what if you know twitter verifies them and then their customers lose a lot of money and then maybe the customers get mad at twitter saying like why'd you verify this guy if this guy told me to go all in on puts and then i lost hella money <laughs> right so maybe that's why i have plans to invite you know the best traders that i know to thetagain.com with like a good account like making sure that they're taken care of and stuff but i'm just quite not there yet so um, I'm going to build out the platform a little bit for you know DMing them to say like hey post a few of your ideas here and uh, I'll take care of you or something. Um, that will come eventually. Um, right now, I think is a really good time to start contributing to your IRA uh, for 2020. I think it's always just a good time. You should just always put in your lump sum at one time just so you don't have to think about it. Because what happens if you if you tell yourself, hey, okay, I'm gonna do this every week. I'm gonna start auto depositing into my IRA or 401k every week. Then you know when it's on your own judgment on when to put it in. Maybe you see if the market has gone down, and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll wait until next week and then I'll put the money in. And then what happens next week is the market shoots up even further, and so now you're buying at an even worse cost basis um, because you waited because it was based off of emotion instead of just a set interval of time. So that's my main, uh, I guess, after hours lesson that I want to pitch forward because that's going to definitely be a, a future conversation. But you want to be putting you know, contributions in your IRA or 401k on a very steady interval that is preferably automatically triggered so you don't have to like, be emotionally susceptible to like, emitting that contribution because you saw the market go down that day or something. Or maybe you're prone to wanting to put in more because you saw the market go up that day and you're like, oh, it's going to go up. It's going to keep going up and up and up and up. So I'm going to put in even more money right now, which, you know, if more times than not, the market will go down the next day. And then, you know, you you're, you didn't ruin your cost basis, but, you know, you are, you're making the, the average of your cost basis harder to calculate uh, across a set, you know, interval of time if you're constantly shifting the interval around. So keep that interval consistent uh, for your auto contributions for wherever you put your money, your savings account, your stock portfolio, your options portfolio, whatever. Just keep, just keep it consistent.